Bring it in. Read option back and better than ever. Uh, Jeff and Scotty rolling in today. We got a big weekend of football. First full first season without our first weekend, I should say, since September or August, even that we haven't had college football on Saturday. It's a shame, really. Um, it is. You know, I'm sure there's a bowl game or two out there. I was just, uh, I'm on UTSA and uh, Troy tonight. So, uh, yeah, it kicks off bowl season, correct? We got our first bowl game tonight. Uh, That'll be fun to do. But the NFL's gotten, excuse me. Oh, wow. Just a big old fat yawn in the middle of a podcast. That's what people want. Um, What the NFL has done a good job of, though, over the last couple of years is uh, loading up on the Saturday games, which I remember there would always be like a couple. But correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, it really does feel like that's been a pretty big part, uh, a pretty big emphasis for them of late the last couple of years. I used to remember it being like maybe week 16 or 17 and then wildcard weekend. And apart from that. I don't remember there being ever any any Saturday games. That's I remember how, a time when Thursday night was new, and it was like, "Woo!" <laughs> I, I feel like like right around like maybe the last couple weeks of the season, we'd get one or two, but they've really yeah. kind of capitalized on this last, and which I love. I mean, like, I don't know if if you're good enough to if you're got enough time to prep for Friday, you can play on Saturday. Like, I don't feel like it's a major disadvantage like playing on a Thursday night. Um, and as long as you're not forcing somebody from like a Monday night into a Saturday night where they lose an extra day, I feel like most teams would be ready to go. Like you, you might lose a little bit of a walkthrough on Friday, but I don't know. I, I really like the idea. Um, and we have some fun games. And the other smart thing that they did with these Scotty is that they use them. They keep them open. So they have games that they can flex around to make sure that they're getting at least some sort of compelling games and Saturday night. We have an absolute like barn burner of a game um, and one that's probably going to end up determining a a lot of what happens in the AFC East. So uh, we'll get all into that. We have a bunch of stuff we want to get into. We're going to pick our games. Um, But before we do that, a word from our uh, sponsor, Alliance Accounting. The heart of football season is here. The autumn and winter wind is blowing. The leaves have changed different colors and many have fallen. And while you watch the season turn, you should turn to the team at Alliance Accounting for all your personal and business tax solutions. Alliance Accounting has all the tools and resources you need to be prepared for any season. Their dedicated and knowledgeable team will help you prepare for your federal and state tax return while you prepare for all of the winter football action. Enjoy your company Christmas party while the Alliance team provides you the bookkeeping and you need to maintain your company's financial organization and success. Alliance is here to help you. And with tax day just a few months away, you don't want to get caught off guard like your Aunt Linda on Christmas Eve every year. Don't go cold turkey or in my family, cold pierogi on your personal or business finances to end 2022 turn over a new leaf this season with alliance accounting and right now you can get 10 percent off your first service with alliance accounting just tell them the read option podcast sent you so read option listeners visit the alliance accounting website allianceacctng.com today 
or check out their Instagram at Alliance underscore accounting and get that 10% off your first service at Alliance Accounting. Alliance Accounting with you every step of the way. All right. And with that, we have a big Thursday night matchup tonight. Your San Francisco 30, uh, 49ers, almost at 39ers, uh, are playing the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle Thursday night. And I said 39ers at first because the San Francisco 49ers are a three and a half point favorite over the uh, home Seahawks. So, Scotty, how are we feeling? Do we see another stellar Brock Purdy performance or does he start to come back to earth a little bit? You're good. We're going to put up 39. That's probably why you said it. Uh, no, look, I think that uh, I think this this to me feels like a game where you can rely on the pieces around you. Right. We've seen two stellar Brock Purdy games um, in this in his first well, his first start. And then the uh, the most of the uh, four quarters uh, that he came in in his first game uh, against the Dolphins. But um, I think y- you have the ability now to be able to simplify it. Right. Uh, it's going to be a hostile environment. Uh, it's it's going to be a weird uh, divisional Thursday night game. All, all of those are, are usually weird, especially when you're talking about the NFC West uh, and then a huge rivalry game to boot on, on top of that. So uh, I think you you can simplify things a little bit. Lean on Christian McCaffrey a little bit more. Uh, I, I think that we saw how successful the run game was for uh, against the uh, the Seahawks rush defense last week in in uh, in Carolina, rushing Chuba Hubbard uh, for for over seventy yards and Dante Foreman as well, and now you've got the one of the best weapons in the NFL to do that. So I expect a big game out of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I'm still waiting for for the click with uh, with George Kittle. I think that's gonna you're gonna see an uptick there with Debo Samuel out, um, and then obviously Brandon Ayuk has has proved himself more than capable. Uh, on the outside and then defensively i'm i'm you know uh, as long as we stay healthy i'm not worried about uh, a whole lot there uh because the first time we played him we were healthy as well and confused the hell out of geno smith in that offense yeah i'm i'm very curious to see what the second time looks i i feel like this game's going to be a lot closer than what we saw in what was that week two uh it was uh, early yeah, two or three it was week yeah. two or week three it was early no, two. in the season it was two yeah that's what I thought. Uh, I, I think we're going to see a closer game. I, I think Gino, and we said this on Tuesday's pod, Gino had his first really bad game of the year last weekend, right? Made some bad throws, was inaccurate, turned the ball over, uh, and, and I expect him to bounce back. Now, this is as hard of a defense as there is to try to bounce back on, but that's kind of been the story with the Seahawks team all year, right? It's, you know, Gino's been pretty steadily consistent whenever he's had one of his down games. He's tend to come back and played well. Uh, Kenneth Walker coming back in full steam is going to help them a lot. Uh, Same with DJ Dallas. They're going to have at least more options in the running game. The offensive line, I think, for Seattle, uh, this is a big test for them, right? I mean, we got rookie tackles going up against Nick Bosa. So that's going to be a a huge, huge test. Um, I am with you. I do think San Francisco wins this game, and I think they win it by probably a touchdown or two. Uh, I could see this being one of those like 28-14 kind of multi-score games. But I could also see Seattle finding a way to win this, right? Because San Francisco's defense, for as good and talented as they are, they've also had some bad games, right? They've had some bad games where it just didn't quite line up the way that they needed to. Um, The division is pretty solidly in the hands of the 49ers. Well, we can clinch it tonight. Yeah. um, 
but Seattle's fighting for that wild card spot, right? So not only is it division, not only is it a Thursday night, not only is it in Seattle, but Seattle's season in a lot of regards could be on the line. I expect a really strong fight from Seattle tonight, but uh, I am going to take San Francisco with you. I think that's just the logical pick with how well that defense has been playing. Um, and I'm going to take the, uh, the the Niners on the road, even though home underdogs in the NFL, we always know uh, how well that tends to work out. Uh, let's move to Saturday. Uh, the first game on the Saturday slate, I believe it's a one o'clock start. We have the Indianapolis Colts at the Minnesota Vikings. And look, we have been very critical of the uh, Minnesota Vikings all year. And I think deservedly so not to say critical but skeptical i think is actually probably the better word in that they're 10 and 3 right now they've had a great record all season but none of us have thought that they're as good as what their record says however the fact that they're a four point favorite at home against the colts makes no sense right Vegas this knows line, this line makes absolutely no sense they're they're begging people to bet on the colts here i do not get it at all um, I, this feels like Vikings slam dunk. I mean, I look, I know they didn't look good, but like Detroit's playing as well as anybody in the national football league, minus maybe the Eagles. Um, so losing to them is not necessarily a, a bad thing. The Colts defense has been terrible. There's no one in that secondary to slow down Justin Jefferson. There's no one in the run game to slow down Dalvin cook. I, I don't get this line unless they're just giving the Colts a little bit of extra credit because of the bye week. Um, it's still Jeff Saturday. He's now one in three uh, as a head coach, as the interim head coach. This seems Minnesota all day to me. Yeah, it's it's true. I think what what we might be able to see on on offense from the Vikings uh, could very well put them uh, well within the lead and, and and on the way to victory. But Minnesota's defense has been abhorrent since week ten. They're twenty fifth in expected points allowed per play. Uh, over the past five outings, they've given up so many points to both good and bad offenses. So uh, this, to me, seems like a game where you need Jonathan Taylor to get right, like go out and and let him work. Michael Pittman, go out there and let him work. Those guys have had some pretty down weeks uh, over the past uh, over the past few weeks. Some of them for the entire season. So uh, in the case of Jonathan Taylor, so I think this is a spot where you can utilize uh, the big money weapons you have on offense. And uh, and exploit a, a, a really bad defense over the past few weeks, um, and for that reason, I'm going to take the Colts. I mean, I, I think that uh, Jeff Saturday playing on a Saturday is a good omen. But uh, <laughs> on top of that, the uh, Colts are four and zero in the last four games, allowing more than thirty points, which they did uh, ahead of the bye, and that they're over there. Uh, I might take the over on this one as well, but the over is eight and one in the Colts last nine road games uh, against a team with a winning record five and one in their last six Saturday games. Give me the Colts. All right. You're on the Colts. Uh, love the, um, the statistic there uh, dropping Jeff Saturday on a Saturday. That's, that's the kind of high leverage statistics that you you come to the read. I'm telling you right there. Yeah. Uh, you need right. data. We got data. <laughs> the uh, the next Saturday game, we have an AFC East or AFC North rivalry. Uh, Ravens, Browns, Cleveland is actually a three-point favorite at home here. Um, Tyler Huntley just was cleared today, and Lamar Jackson was officially ruled out for this game. So 
this is a big game here, right? Um, now, look, Baltimore's offense didn't look great with Tyler Huntley even before he got hurt. And if it's Anthony Brown who's playing, that obviously doesn't give you much confidence either. But the Browns, I- I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson has looked horrible. And it's going to take him time, right? It's It, it, it takes a, a little bit, right? We, we see it all the time with players who miss a year because of an, you know, a torn ACL or something else. And now it's two years plus all the other shit that he's had going on that's been going on his head. The dude just clearly is not in a good state to be playing football, and it's going to take some time. A three-point favorite at home, they're giving them the home field advantage, which I get in Cleveland. This team doesn't really have anything to play for, right? I mean, that doesn't mean they're not going to come out and play hard. But Baltimore has a chance still to win the division, right? And if they're able to steal two games while Lamar Jackson's out, that's huge. Uh, I like the Ravens on the road here, and and I think the biggest thing is Baltimore's defense has been really, really good this year. Their secondary has been playing really well, um, Marlon Humphrey and and Marcus Peters, and I, I don't know how Deshaun Watson protects the football in this game. Give me Baltimore, and I also want to add, too, because we talked about it at the time, but the Roquan Smith trade, um, one of the most underrated and little-talked-about massive impact trades. He's Him and Patrick Queen – that linebacking room is is absolutely nasty between the two of them. So I like the Ravens here. I don't think the Browns score much. Uh, I'm going to take the the Ravens plus three. Yeah, and that that defensive duo takes away uh, in part with their defensive line takes away the strength uh, of the Browns' offense right now, and that's in the running game. Mm-hmm. And Nick Chubb has not been himself over the past few weeks as well. So uh, that combined with the fact that the the offense looks still weird, they're trying to figure each other out. Uh, I think I'm with you. The Browns, uh, this stat from J.J. Zacharyson on Twitter, the Browns week one through 12 pre-Deshaun Watson, fourth in yards per drive, 10th in scoring rate per drive, eighth in touchdown rate per drive. The Browns weeks 13 and 14 with Deshaun Watson, a quarterback, 28th in yards per drive, last in scoring rate per drive, last in touchdown rate per drive. And I think that continues against a really, really good Baltimore Ravens defense this week. Give me the Ravens. Yeah, it's crazy because... I, you know, I, I think with Jacoby Brissett, like it just wasn't talked about a ton, but the Browns were like a top seven offense in football with Jacoby Brissett, which yeah. it, it makes no sense in the world. But statistically, like, and that goes for the raw stats, that goes for some of the more like PFF, like advanced stats. Like, Cleveland is one of the better offenses with Jacoby Brissett because they were able to run the ball consistently. Jacoby was at least getting quick passes and getting the ball out. Um, Lord knows he's played significantly more football than Deshaun Watson. And I mean, you hit it on the head there, Scotty, the offense has dropped off uh, tenfold since then. So, uh, all right, let's go to the Saturday night game, Miami at Buffalo, Buffalo minus seven at home. Uh, and the, look, the dolphins are coming off of a really bad back to back, really bad games against San Francisco and, uh, on Sunday night against the LA chargers. Um, I don't want to say that, you know, because we talked about it a little bit on Tuesday's pod, the whole press man coverage up front, forcing these guys to be physical, taking away the the intermediate stuff and, and saying, hey, if we get beat, we get beat. I'm a little worried because Buffalo's secondary is so banged up. Micah Hyde done for the year. Von Miller done for the year. So they're, they're obviously deep on the defensive line, but the secondary is, is a big concern for them. And you're going up against such an explosive group. However, I, and and this is like the kind of, you know, we, not even like non-actual statistical, not football related, but like 
it was 50 something degrees in LA on Sunday night. And the dolphins had heaters in a dome in a dome. Well, and it's like kind of open, like it's open in the middle floor. So it's like, it, it, they did say on the broadcast, like it was an, it was open air technically. Um, and they had heaters on the sideline and 55 degree Uh-oh. weather. And <laughs> the, the forecast on Saturday night does not look uh, great for a team did, from Miami, 32 degrees and snow. Um, Miami. Did you see what Tua said on Twitter? No. <laughs> He's like, guys, it snows in Alabama too. <laughs> I was like, all right, you can get out of here. You're from Hawaii. You have no leg to stand on. (laughs) No, no, none whatsoever. Um, And to me, this comes down to like offensive and defensive line play, right? Like that's where this game's going. Cause I think both teams are going to be able to, are going to struggle throwing the football to some degree. And one team has a six foot five quarterback who's also a human wrecking ball. And the other team has Tua. So I'm like nothing against Tua. Like Tua's put up some really great stats this year, but I I'm very concerned as to how how well this team can play. Now, if the Dolphins are anywhere close to the team that we kind of anticipated they were before that San Francisco game, they'll keep this game close. But I, I'm not super confident that that's going to be the case. So it's a lot of points. But I think Buffalo makes a statement here. I think Buffalo controls this game big time, and I think they cover the seven points. I'm with you. I think we've spent the past two, three weeks, uh, uh, at least since Thanksgiving, talking about the Bills and how they're just content to you know, get out of there unscathed, win the game, win what's in front of you, and, and continue to hold the one seed. Uh, and so far they're doing that. And I think you're right. This needs to be a statement game for the division, a lot like the, the Niners and, and Seahawks game on Thursday night. This needs to be a statement game for the division. This needs to to echo throughout the, the rest of the AFC as well. Uh, and, and I think Josh Allen and crew uh, on offense have the, the skills to do it. I think on defense, uh, what, what the strength of the, the Bills defense has been this year is being able to, to stuff the run and keep the pass in front of them, right? We, mm-hmm. we see Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer out there running around hoping that that somebody doesn't beat them deep. Well, guess what? Tyreek's going to beat you deep. You can let that happen. But if you slow down the run, and this is what we always talk about, everybody in the media talks about it. You have to, when it gets to this point in the season and in the postseason, you have to be able to run the ball effectively. So can the Dolphins do that and and you know establish some sort of run game to to open up everything else? And it doesn't have to be the the 60 yard bomb, but if you to Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle downfield, but if you're going to live and die by that, I don't think you're going to do very well in a game uh, at night on the road where it's, it's 30 degrees and snowing. So uh, I'm with you. I'm going to take the bills because I think they can make that play in that weather at home and the dolphins can't on the road. Yeah. And I, I trust Buffalo even banged up. I still trust Buffalo's defense more and I, the trenches on both sides, I trust them more. And this is like a big primetime Josh Allen game. Like I feel like it's been a, it's been like a couple months since we've had a major like Josh Allen primetime game. Uh, and, and I think he's going to show out for that. All right. That moves us to uh, Monday or sorry, Sunday games, uh, one o'clock games. We have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, only six because of the Thursday and the four um, Saturday games. We'll start off, though. Uh, my Philadelphia Eagles going to Chicago Uh Little up in the air as to whether or not we're going to see Justin Fields in this game. Um, 
The Eagles are a nine-point favorite on the road against the three and ten Bears. Uh, did you see any of the Micah Par- Parsons stuff this week? No. Micah Parsons called uh, Jalen Hurts uh, a, a, the and the offense a system. They said it says he said it's the system. It's it's the Eagles system and defense, right? It wasn't. It, he was as uncomplimentary of Jalen Hurts as you could possibly be on Von That's Miller's wild. podcast. That's wild. For as much as I love Micah Parsons, he's a, he's an the, idiot. He got exploited in that game. Like yeah. that was the blueprint that we've seen teams as like, oh, you key on on Michael Parsons, make yeah. him make a decision, and then and then run around it. Yeah, yeah. That was so for him to say that is odd, but he's an amazing okay. he's an amazing player, but he's not a particularly smart person. Maybe that's rude. Maybe that's mean. Just go look hey, at his, Penn just, State education. What do you, uh, you know? What I, I was going to say, I edu- left edu- the door edu- wide education. open for you. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that goes for all student athletes, really. Um, not all, but for many of them. Um, but I'll, I'll say this about um, uh, about Micah Parsons. Really smart guy. Just take a take a little gander down his um, his twit his Twitter feed, and uh, and and you'll see what I mean. He just says a lot of stuff. He doesn't think through a lot of the stuff that he says. Um, which some people would say, oh, he's just a loose cannon, whatever. I, I think it means that he he lacks a little bit of self-awareness. Amazing football player. But um, look, throwing smoke and, – and the reason I brought that up was because in the press conference this week for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, you know, they he got peppered the whole time um, with questions about Micah Parsons and the Eagles and MVP and all this other stuff, and no one asked him about the Bears. And then they gave the whole, like, any other questions, nobody answered. Um, and Jalen just goes, not one of he's like, I gave you all a chance to ask me about the bears. Not one of you asked me about the bears this week. So he's like, I'll give you one other opportunity. Do you want to ask me about the bears this week? Right. Cause he's just so not interested in any of that other bullshit. He, this dude's just so locked in. Um, I don't, I don't see letdown well, think- games from Jalen hurts. And I don't see a letdown game from the Eagles defense here. I, I think this is another ass kicking. I, I really do. Yeah, and I think part of that to to go back to the the Michael Parsons thing, I think part of that is the Cowboys sort of uh ethos and mentality, right? They've been that that sort of brash uh bravado forever. Um and I don't think it it stopped when they got one of the the best defensive players in the draft that year. So, uh back to the Eagles on the field. Look, I think there's there's nothing here that tells me that the Bears have anything to stop. Uh the the Eagles on offense and then on defense, like the one weapon you have that's uh that's been super killer uh for the for the Bears this year has been Justin Fields running the ball. But even if you know he's not there and you have David Montgomery or he is there and you have him and David Montgomery trying to run the ball, it's gonna be difficult against that Eagles defense because that they don't they don't allow those kind of plays to happen. And a lot of that comes off broken stuff too. So um uh, I, I, they don't allow that that sort of thing to happen. Uh, the Eagles are, are, I think, following the example. Uh, the team is starting to really follow the example. I think you saw of Jalen Hurts, and I think you saw a lot of that last week. Uh, and just lock in. Uh, and it's not about you know going sixteen and one. Uh, it's it's about how can we be the best football team uh, in the NFL and and complete our goal this year. And that starts, it started at the beginning of the season, but now is, is really crunch time. And I think, uh, like I said, the, the rest of the team is starting to, uh, to follow 
the leader a little bit with Jalen Hurts. So, uh, yeah, nine points is a lot, but I, I think this is well well within nine. I'm tempted to make it my uh, my prop. No, I'm not going to do it. The first half over uh, for the for the Eagles is 11 one and one this year. It's hmm. set at 24 right now, so wow. I would hop on that at minus 105. Uh, I'm not going to make that my my prop pick. That's this a year, lot of points in the first half, though. I mean, they jacked that up after the last couple of weeks, and that's because yeah. that there's a part of me that that wants to take Chicago here just because you're taking the points, and I don't think the offense, at least I don't, I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to have a letdown week. I don't think Jalen Hurts is one that looks ahead, but I could see other guys on the team doing that. We've seen that at certain points this year, right? Some of the playing with their food kind of mentality, right, where they just like they know they're going to beat the team. They don't. I think they know, and I think Sirianni has built this where this whole, like, every single game is the most important game. Like, whatever this week's game is, is the most important game. Um, yeah. And, and you I can't look at even, like, December football. It's like, no, no it's week whatever. I, I don't think they're – because that's one of the things that I loved when he took the job in, in the start of 21 was he said, like, look, we are coming into a 17-round boxing match. And in boxing matches, you if you're thinking ahead to the final round or the seventh round, whatever, then you're you're gonna get your ass knocked out. Like you have to focus on what's what's happening in front of you right here. And I think the this Eagles team has really embodied that this year. Um, and I think they're gonna continue to. I think they'll win the game. I, I'm not worried about that. But I could see, you know, maybe the defense gets burned. Maybe Justin Fields has one of those crazy 50 yard touchdown runs and and covers the spread at the last second. Like I could see something like that where they're up 14 um, and, and then one crazy play in the last couple minutes of the game uh, in garbage time kind of ends up closing that gap. But I'm going to trust that Philly gets the job done and keeps it rolling heading into the, uh, the Dallas game next week. Uh, all right. Up next, we have an NFC South. Uh, matchup here and this one you would not have thought that if I had said hey a five and eight team and a four nine team are playing uh in in week 15 and believe it or not both teams are still alive to potentially <laughs> win the division and this game matters uh you probably wouldn't have taken me very seriously but believe it or not we are in that situation now look the Saints are a virtual, like, it's almost impossible for the Saints to make the playoffs at this point. Uh, And the Falcons have officially made the switch to Desmond Ritter. Um, Marcus Mariota apparently had a a kid this week, um, and that was part of the change where they were like, hey, you know what? You've been a good soldier for us all year. You've gotten your your fucking ass kicked all over the place. You've won us, you know, five games, which is better than I think most people thought they'd be. Uh, go enjoy the time with your family. And they basically didn't like dismiss him, but they're just like, go do your thing. You know, we'll be fine here. Just go do your thing. Uh, But I'm excited to see Desmond Ritter. I'm excited to see what he has. And right now the saints are a four point favorite at home. Um, Andy Dalton under the radar, since he's taken over statistically is a like top five in in QB rating. And the, uh, I think he's a top five rated quarterback in PFF based off of his stats which you wouldn't expect. Now, there's not a whole lot of dynamic plays, right? And they haven't played a super challenging schedule. Um, but I don't know. Four points probably seems like a lot, um, or it might seem right on the head. But I'm curious to where uh, what you think, because I really want to bet on Desmond Ritter. like, And I think he's going to give them a better chance to push the ball downfield. It's just a matter of whether that defense can, um, can kind of keep them in it and, and force some turnovers. I do, too. I think they can. Uh, the, the the biggest is going to be AJ against Chris Olave, and, and 
other than that, I, I don't, don't see uh, Kamara's under uh, besides Juwan Johnson on the offense wants to catch a football. Uh, so I don't I don't see how the the Saints can can sort of exploit that on defense. I think they're continuing to get better, uh, but the Falcons can can to with Desmond Ritter if they're able to throw the ball um, a little bit more, and that that would be that would be great for guys like Drake London who uh, who's had a pretty good rookie year so far already, but uh, with a guy who who if the the offense is going to uncork a little bit with their uh, their draft pick quarterback, then uh, by all means, do it with the uh, the guy you drafted ahead of in the first round, Drake London. So, um, looking forward to that, and I think the uh, the Falcons can get it get it done. I think Young Hui Koo keeps him in the game. I I love that guy to death, uh, even though he's had a bit of a rough year. Um, so I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Falcons uh, because the road team uh, so far is dominating this this matchup. They're five and two in the last seven meetings. Uh, the road team is uh, in this one, so I'll take the Falcons and. I'm going to take the under at 43 and a half in this game as my prop bet. Uh, the under is five and one in the Falcons last six games in December and it's four and one in the last five new quarterback at the helm. Uh, good defense on the other side. And, and I think they, they beat uh, the saints. So it's going to be a low scoring game. All right. Uh, I'm also going to take the Falcons. Um, with a rookie quarterback, it typically goes one of two ways, right? Either they really impress you in their first start. Uh, or they struggle heavily. And I'm a believer in Desmond Ritter. The one thing is like at Cincinnati, he would get off to these weird spot starts, right? Where like the first quarter, um, the first half, even like he just wouldn't really get into sync. And then all of a sudden it would just kind of click. And then it was just like accurate, accurate, deep ball touchdowns. You know, he would throw it all over too. And, um, you know, he had Alec Pierce, but it wasn't like there was a whole host of weapons there. I think Drake London's definitely the best player that he's ever played with. Um, is Kyle Pitts out? Yeah, he's been out. He's out indefinitely with a knee. Yeah, that's what I th- I feel like I've just kept hearing weird things about Kyle Pitts. Yeah. And I know he hasn't played in a, in, in a while, but um, so it he hasn't played like in two have... years, Jeff. <laughs> you ask me. That's what it seems like. Um, but I'm going to take Desmond Ritter here to play well. I, I, you know, it seems like it might not be the smart bet. And part of this, too, is probably wishful thinking. Um, that you know with uh with the eagles having the saints first round pick the more losses for them the better um but i also look at this falcons team and say all right well let's you know if ritter's able to stretch the field and even just the intermediate stuff just have the threat of going deep more so than mariota was that makes their running game that much better and ritter's not the runner that um that mariota was uh, but he is pretty athletic and he will be able to take some stuff that's in front of him. I think it's a close game and I think you're right. I think young way keeps them in it too. So uh, I'm taking the Falcons as well. Uh, all right. Of the one o'clock window, the game I'm most excited about here, Detroit at the New York jets. The jets are a one point favorite. Um, still up in the air, whether Quentin Williams and uh, Mike white will be playing, which you could say right now, probably the two most important players, uh, to this Jets team, one on each side of the ball. Because when Mike White's been in, he's been pretty good, right? He's kept them in a lot of games. And Quentin Williams uh, is a borderline all-pro. I mean, he's become one of the best defensive linemen in football this year. Uh, now, you look on the outside, obviously, you're still going to have Sauce Gardner. Um, did you know, by the way, Sauce Gardner um, is the uh, opponent quarterback rating when thrown against 
He's number one in the NFL as a rookie. Number yeah, one. I, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. I was listening to Richard Sherman um, on Kevin Clark's podcast, Slow News Day, and and the the reverence in which Richard Sherman was talking about Sauce Gardner and the appreciation he has for what this kid's done as a rookie. Um, I mean, that it, no question that that hit, but he's been outstanding. This defense has been really, really good. They're the number one defense in football right now, according to PFF. Um, they they are just continuing to shine. But if Quinnen Williams isn't there, that actually opens up a little bit of a lane for the Detroit Lions. Now, uh, Jared Goff is one of the four worst quarterbacks against um, the Blitz this year and against pressure. Uh, so the Lions offensive line has to play really well. But again, no Quinnen Williams makes that job a little bit easier for Detroit. You could make the case that for both of these teams, you know, the season is on the line here, right? If you're the Lions, you move to seven and seven. It's still a bit of a long shot, but at least you know, hey, Washington and New York are playing each other. One of those teams is likely is more than likely going to lose, even though two weeks ago they tied. Um, so I, I think the Lions are then probably going to come in. for the net. Yeah, right. They're I mean, rooting for the Niners tonight, right? Big time. Um, <laughs> and if the Lions win, because who, when the Lions and Seahawks played, did the did the Lions win that game or did Seattle? I just remember that. I that, think it was, that Seattle was that, won. That was a shootout, wasn't it? Was it was that crazy shootout. It was like 48 to, I'm pulling up. Yeah, yeah so I think the Seahawks Seattle won, won 48 to 45. Um, so the that was like one of the last to, losses that Detroit had. Yeah, and, and look, Seattle, uh, or like, to your point, yeah, the Lions are pushing hard for Seattle to lose this game tonight against San Francisco. Um, and so, look, by the time you're listening to this, a lot of this, you know, our listeners, a lot of it's going to be a moot point. But uh, I think Detroit is going to come out with their hair on fire. I, I really like Detroit in this game. I think the Lions are going to figure out a way to win. Yeah, uh, it's certainly possible. I mean, the fact that they've figured out, again, for – uh, the the ability to run the ball with uh, a healthier by the week DeAndre Swift uh, and and Jamal Williams in there I, I, that that's a huge plus especially the way that Jared Goff has been playing. What scared me last week is just like not only do you have Amon Ross St Brown but now all of a sudden DJ Chark's playing well. Uh, you've got James Williams out there playing well, uh, and, and so you know why not us yeah. right? Detroit, but you know, it, why not? Because their defense is bottom five and they're playing a top five defense uh, in the New York Jets. And I think Sauce Gardner and the rest of the secondary is going to be able to limit uh, some of that passing production and then uh, keep the run in front of them, even with Quinn and Williams out. So I am going to take my ATS darlings. By the way, these are the two teams that have made the most money for me all season against the spread. Uh, so this is really my Super Bowl, gambling Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and you can go, so, you can call for the push. Uh, with, that, with that, I'm going to take the Jets uh, in, in this you, game. If you call for the push, no, I'll I, give you double the amount of points. Well, I'll give you two points on, on our well, win loss record if you call a push. And it, and this it actually ends up opened it even, and and I think that was. Sorry, we. we I have, won't do that. I'm going to take the Jets on the spread. So we had a little we had a little uh, Zoom freeze up there on you, Scotty. Go ahead and say that one more time. The line opened at even. The line opened at even. I'm not going to take your offer of the push uh, for two points, although that is tempting. I'm going to take the Jets. I'm going to ride them. I'm going to fly with the Jets. Uh, 
and it's probably going to come back to bite me. But uh, look, the Jets are six and one in their last seven games after scoring 15 points. They scored 12 last week. Uh, they're also five and or uh, six and one against the spread uh, in the last seven games after they've uh, they've allowed uh, 90 or more rushing yards. They allowed 102 last week to the Bills. So uh, I think you, like I said, you keep the run in front of you, uh, and, and then go out and defend the uh, the receiving core that has been so electric for the Lions. Yep. And I think you're good. Um, the other thing I want to add here about the uh, about this game was. The Mike White aspect of this is important and is arguably the most important aspect here because let's say that Mike White does play after having multiple bruised and or broken ribs uh, and and the multiple shots he took to that last week. We saw the difference in Justin Herbert from, what was it, week two or three when he got hurt Yeah. Um, to pretty much last week was the first week that it seemed like he was completely back and completely healthy. And that's Justin Herbert, right? That's that's a freak. That's a dude who who is built in a laboratory to play quarterback in the NFL. Mike White, for as, as good as he's played, is not that. So even if Mike White does play, I think we're looking at like 75% of Mike White like at best, which is essentially Zach Wilson and Robert Sala committed this week and said, if Mike White can't go, Zach Wilson is the backup, which means Zach Wilson has a very good chance of playing in this game, which I think ultimately completely changes who the Jets are. The defense can be amazing, but that's when pick sixes, turnovers, big time plays by the Lions defense could come into, you know, into effect there. So you're either getting 75% of Mike White uh, or you're getting Zach Wilson. And in either one of those cases, I like the Lions defense to at least make some plays. Um, And the worst quarterback against pressure in the NFL this year has been Zach Wilson at a abysmal 11 QBR. He's the Uh, worst quarterback without pressure too, Jeff, just so you know. That's that's probably true, though Russell Wilson might have something to say about that. Um, (laughs) All right, so I'm going to take Detroit, and I'm also going to take the under in this game at 44 Mm. and a half. Uh, I do think the Jets' offense – I think the Jets' defense slows Detroit down offensively, uh, and I just don't think the Jets are going to score a ton, so 44 and a half seems too high for me in this game. Uh, I'm going to take the under there. Uh, All right, we've got a couple more 1 o'clock games. We'll take a quick break and come back and and wrap up the show. Uh, we got Steelers-Panthers. Right now, Carolina on a heater is minus three at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have not heard yet as to whether or not it'll be Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky. Um, But at this point, I'm not sure how much that matters. This game, to me, should be a toss-up, right? Um, I guess the minus three is probably because Trubisky's playing. Um, I kind of want to just take Carolina because both defenses have been pretty good. And obviously since TJ Watts been back, that Steelers defense has gotten a lot better, but the Panthers defense is playing at a really high level and they're forcing turnovers. Um, I I like Carolina a lot, but minus three, I don't know if I want to take that. Where's your head at for this one? I think, uh, a lot of what has made the Panthers defense, uh, Six, under the radar successful this year is being able to confuse quarterbacks with a good enough secondary and a really good pass rush uh, and being able to stop the run. Um, but but this is a this to me seems like a classic game of whether or not, as you said at the top of this, that it's it's Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky. I think that defense is is more than capable enough of of 
being able to confuse either one of them into a couple of mistakes. Uh, and, and on top of that, on offense, like I know for the Panthers, their their strength is running the ball. Uh, but Sam Donald played a pretty good game last week. If their offensive line can step up just a, a quarter of a notch and, and be able to limit uh, TJ Watt and the defensive line from getting to Sam Donald, I think they got a real legitimate shot uh, at this game. And I think the Panthers are going to win. The Steelers are, are, I think they need a win to, uh, if, if for nothing else, for for Tomlin's win streak. Uh, but the favorite in this matchup is four and one against the spread in the last five meetings. So. Uh, Panthers yeah, by three at home. I'm going to take opposite them. conferences. They wouldn't like, matter. How, what does that go back to like 1997? Like probably Jake DeLome. Yeah. It was Jake DeLome and, uh, and Maddox. What was it? It wasn't Greg. Who was the, who was the mad Tommy Maddox? Greg Maddox was a picture. Yeah. yeah picture. No, but yeah, it was Tommy, Tommy Maddox. Maddox. He played in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, I knew it wasn't Greg Maddox, but that's what I was saying. I was like, I didn't know if it was which one it was. Um, God, I, I wish I just knew if it was Trubisky or not. Even if it is Trubisky, I mean, right now Pickett's listed as questionable. Um, I I think you got a better shot with the Panthers if it is Trubisky. You think? Yeah, I, I mean do. they they have a winning record or they're five hundred with um with Kenny Pickett so far this season in games that he's finished at least. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna take Carolina too. I think we've. I think we're both in it on there. I mean, minus three seems like a lot, but it also seems like that's about you know accurate for this game. So, all right, we're both on Carolina. Let's switch on here, and this is actually fitting because I have the ESPN website up as I'm going through all the games. Uh, Cowboys, Jags, Cowboys are minus four on the road, and I look. I understand, and we've gone through on this pod the history of the whole America's team thing and why the Cowboys are called that and blah, 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 and all this shit and the ratings, and I get it. But at this point, like, ESPN is just getting fucking ridiculous. This is an actual, like, NFL news, like, um, like video that you can click on to watch on their website. It says, the red-hot Cowboys play at Jacksonville for the first time since 2006. The Red Hot Cowboys, who were a Lovey Smith brain fart away from losing to the worst team in the NFL, the Red Hot Cowboys. And Wins ESPN's, a win, Dano. ESPN's like analytics have them as the Super Bowl favorites right now, like ten percentage points higher than the Eagles. Which it doesn't take into Get account. Get out of here. Any, like the blowout wins, like the one against Indy when they scored like three touchdowns in the last like, like. 10 minutes of that game like come on what are we fucking talking when, about here like when's the last time they played each other uh first time in jacksonville since uh 2006 oh um, wow the underdogs like, four and one and against the spread in the last five meetings how about that <laughs> it I was just like 2001 <laughs> can we just can we stop stroking the fucking cowboys i i get it it gets you more clicks it gets you more ratings but how do you have a headline like that Red hot Cowboys. They almost lost to the worst team in football and should have lost. They got outplayed by the worst team in football last week. The red hot Cowboys. Jesus. Uh, a, a more appropriate uh, uh, line for, for everybody else to uh, to stroke the ego would have been the the red, white, and blue hot Cowboys. Yeah. Because uh, it's America's team, right? It's America's team. You're right. That would have pissed Please everyone else. Get out of here. Everyone else off even more. I guess that's why they do it. Right. Because Cowboys fans are like, yeah, we are red hot. And then uh, everyone else will be like, what the fuck? I hate the Cowboys because the Cowboys are the worst. Um, anyway, they're in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a uh, four-point home dog. I 
I feel like this is going to be a Cowboys ass kicking. Um, the Jags have put together a, a good stretch of games here. And for them, it, they haven't really had a string of like multiple good games in a row. Um, the closest was in like week two and week three when they almost and probably should have beaten Washington and then beat the Chargers the next week. And everyone's like, oh, you know, that Jacksonville team looks a little frisky. Um, I really want to take Jacksonville. Because I, I, I'm not a full believer, but this Cowboys team is so volatile, right? They're either world beaters and, and top class of the NFL or they're complete cheeks. Like, there's just no middle ground here. Um, I, I feel like I have to take Dallas minus four, but I think I'm going to roll with the home dog, even though it might be wishful thinking um, in Jacksonville. I don't know. What do you think, Scott? Uh I think that Jacksonville is is playing well. They're letting they're letting Trevor Lawrence open up a little bit, uh, which is is good to see, both as a as a fan of his and, and for uh, for a team who who has long deserved it. Plus, I think their defense is really playing a lot better uh, over the past couple of weeks than than we've talked about for most of the season on the podcast. They play really well at home against really good teams. They're four and one this year against teams with a, re- a winning record at home. Home dog, give me the Jaguars. Go beat the Cowboys. Taking Straight up. Let's do Jags. it. I'll do it. Straight up. All right. I like it. Um, I'm going to take Dallas, even though I don't want to. It just screams like Mike McCarthy, like, oh, they and then like everyone's going to hype up the Cowboys going into the game against Philly. Um, even better for you. Then you can yeah. crush their dreams. Which, yeah, <laughs> makes me happy. Um, I would love, love, love Jacksonville to win this game. Um but I'm going to take Dallas. I do. I do think, I mean, Dallas is obviously the better team. Uh, They're just, they're so inconsistent. They either, it all clicks and they play amazing and they blow teams out by like 35 or, you know, they, they almost lose to Houston at home. So uh, I'm, I'm going to take Dallas here. I think they get it right here uh, in in Jacksonville. Uh, All right. Last of the one o'clock window, we have the Kansas city chiefs playing those one 11 and one Houston Texans. How about that one 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 in the Houston Texans uh, record? Sorry, I just noticed. I was like, "Oh shit, that's kind of weird." Uh, right now, Kansas City is a fourteen point favorite on the road. Whoa. Kansas City has not been playing great. Um, well, I should strike that they've played really good in the first half in a bunch of games, and then they kind of just like are milking the clock until they get out of there. Do we think that they can hold on? Because it's not a question as whether or not Kansas City is going to win this game. Um, the question is more so, can they hold on to a 14-point lead throughout the entirety of four quarters? I think they can. Uh, you know, on 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 offense, obviously we've seen the the magician that that Patrick Mahomes is, and it's a different guy every week. Uh, I, I don't think that that the Texans defense has a whole lot of answers for for Travis Kelsey and and Juju Smith Schuster is going to be one on one with Stingley. Uh, if he's all banged up Stanley, but uh, still, I, I think that the the way that that the Chiefs go into every game plan is like, all right, who's going to be today? Um, and I think you have to do that even with uh, against the the Texans. I think this is a, a spot where you can get the run game going a little bit uh, as you hit the uh, the back uh, part of the schedule this season. Um, and then on defense, I think this is this is a spot where and, and we talk about it every year. They just get better and better and better on defense as the year rolls on, and uh, and this this is no exception. Um, 
Davis Mills back quarterback uh, for for the Texans. I don't think he's got enough in the tank to uh, to beat this defense like that. Like I said, keeps getting better and better. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Chiefs, even though it's a huge number. Uh, they've done really poorly against huge numbers uh, this year. I think they've had a couple of twelves, uh, uh, a couple of a couple of double digit uh, uh, favorites, and they're they're. I don't think they have a win. I think they're oh four and one. In, no, they have in spreads where they're double digits. You're you're right. And there's one because I I took them one week when they were like a nine point favorite. I think it was the game against Jacksonville, and they ended up winning by ten. Yeah. I think it was like yeah. nine and a half when I took them. Um, so that's the closest we've had. Uh, the Ram, no, the Rams. I think they covered two. I forget what the Rams line was. Um, they ended up winning that game by sixteen. I, th- I think they I think they had. Um, I want to say that was like a twelve point spread against the yeah, Rams. Yeah, sounds um, right. So they they've been around it. I think the Kansas City gets it done here. I I don't know. I I don't think Andy Reid's too concerned with how much they win by or or if they blow up you know a twenty point lead. And I also don't think they're in danger of of what happened last week against Denver. I I, I don't think the Texans. I mean, I would have said the same thing about Denver last week, but at least we've seen it from Russ. Like I would have been really surprised if there wasn't at least one somewhat good Russ game all year and we did at least have one so that kind of ended up tracking for me um I don't expect especially after the way that Houston blew that game last week um I I felt like last week that was kind of a Super Bowl for them I feel like they're going to come into this one and be like all right like let's earn that game check boys and let's uh let's get out of there and and I think that's what we're going to see so I want Kansas City too I I think they cover comfortably not maybe not comfortably but I do think they cover the 14. All right, a uh, quick break. We got a few more games left from the late window and Sunday and Monday night football, and we will get you guys on your way to the weekend after a quick break. All right, uh, let's continue on here. We have six more games remaining. Uh, we got the late window on Sunday, the four o'clock games. You have four four o'clock games. Uh, and the first one, and I just waited until we got to this game to talk about it. Uh, obviously, the Monday night game, New England and Arizona. The Pats uh, won that game comfortably um, thanks to uh, just horrendous luck for me, at least as someone who was going up against the Pats defense in my fantasy match. And, uh, and James Conner. And James <laughs> Conner. And I had DeAndre Hopkins. So DeAndre Hopkins fumbles and the Pats take it back for a touchdown. And I went from being up, I think, 30 going into that game to I actually lost, which it didn't kick me out of the playoffs. Luckily, that would have really pissed me off. But it moved me from third place to sixth place uh which was brutal um just get to the dance the the bigger storyline however from this game was kyler murray um tearing his acl uh on like the third play of the game it was one of those that when you saw him go down non-contact like that like everybody knew um and it sucks and look i've obviously i'm not a i'm not a kyler murray fan um I don't think many of his teammates are Kyler Murray fans, but like for a dude, I wish that on someone. <laughs> no, oh my God, never. Um, I, I can dislike him and, and think he's a shithead and think he's, you know, whatever, but like that fucking sucks, man. Like the dude's an incredible athlete. Uh, and when he's right and when he's making those special plays, he's so fun to watch. It, it really is amazing. Um, and, and to see that is just a huge bummer. Um, Arizona's committed to uh, Steve Kime, their GM, Kingsbury, and Kyler all to extensions this year. So I I guess they're going to run it back. I don't know. I think of all 
the teams in the NFL and you can look at, you know, Denver and, and some of these other teams, I think the Cardinals have a compelling case for kind of the toughest slash weirdest spot for an organization moving forward, because this year before Kyler got hurt was a massive letdown. Um, and you already extended your head coach and your general manager and your quarterback to a, a $150 million guaranteed um, and an additional, you know, upwards of 200 million plus if he, uh, you know, hits incentives. Um, so it's just, a, it's a shame. Um, like I said, we, we never root for any sort of injuries or anything like that. It's awful. Um, and, and I feel for Kyler Murray. Yeah. Um, but uh, it definitely, um, it definitely, it's fitting that we have the Cardinals and Broncos playing this week. Cause I do think they're in the, the two weirdest spots of any team in the NFL right now, moving forward. Yeah, for sure. I look, we we've talked for weeks, like you said about, uh, Hey, is, is this the answer for the Cardinals who have been so successful, um, and, and had let down years prior to this. And then it was just a, a full on letdown this year. Um, uh, a weird spot now because now you have you don't get Kyler back until the end of next season, uh, probably uh, more than likely, uh, and so that that just sets the the whole franchise back, back another year, right? Um, so interesting to see uh, what they do there uh, moving forward helps us out in the NFC West. That's one less uh, thing to worry about, as they say in Hamilton. Uh, and so I'm going to. Uh, Look at it as, as a positive, uh, I suppose, for, for my division. Oh, no, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's it's one of those things where as a fan, wise. like, yeah, yeah like uh, no one likes to see injuries. But I also think that's a very relatable thing in fans where it's like, the, you know, one of the star players on one of your rival teams gets hurt. It's like it's, it fucking sucks. Right. But like, no. And well, also, and... like you, you think about it from the game perspective and like, the Toronto Raptors, right? Like KD and Clay, both tear Achilles in the NBA finals. You can say all you want. Oh, well, if KD and Clay were there, you know, we would have, they would have right. won, but they weren't there and the Raptors got a title out of it. So it's like, you know, and, you, you don't take that away from you. And this is an injury I can empathize with, as I've said on the, on the pod before I've torn the, the ACL twice. And I look, it's not fun. Uh, if Kyler thinks he's going to be playing a lot of call of duty, uh, while while he's rehabbing, you're wrong because it's an intensive rehab, man. So uh, good luck to him. Hope he gets better. Yeah. Uh, because like you said, when he's on the field, he's one of the more electric athletes out there. For sure. Um, and uh, on the Broncos side of this, still have not heard official word yet about Russell Wilson. Um, he is currently listed as questionable. I'd be surprised if we saw Russ in this game. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked, but I, I would be surprised. Um, who is the bet? Is it Kyle Allen? Is that the backup in Denver? No, no they had Rippin, Rippin in there. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Brett, Brett Rippin. Rippin. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're looking at most likely a Colt McCoy and Brett Rippin battle, though Colt McCoy is also listed as uh, as questionable. Um, Ooh, a little Trace McSorley sighting. <laughs> maybe. Uh, what I will say is the under in this game is a very smart play considering the Broncos' defense against a backup quarterback and potentially Trace McSorley, uh, and I don't think – with how bad the Broncos offense looked with Russ, that their offense is going to look any better with Brett Rippon. Um, the over-under is set at 37. That was the other one I was considering, just taking the under, because there's just no way that there's going to be many points scored in this game. And maybe they will. You never know. The NFL is weird that way. Uh, right now it's Denver minus three. I- I'm going to take the Broncos, because there's at least a chance we see Russ, and even still, um, 
the defense from Denver has been so good. I think it keeps the minute. Uh, and the Cardinals defense has been pretty middle of the road. So give me Denver minus three. I don't love it, but this is one of those impossible games to try to pick. True. And the Broncos have played well against the NFC West so far this year. Um, they picked up wins twice. Uh, or uh, Yeah, two wins, one loss. The Seahawks game was was a bit of a weird one, too, on that Monday night. So uh, I think that, that they're in good shape uh, in this game, you know, uh, uh, and it's going to be their defense carrying the load, uh, right? As it has all season, uh, I don't anticipate that their offense is going to be it's going to be huge. Although we did see Brett Rippon uh, kind of rip some of that the uh, some of the comeback trail off in that game uh, in uh, against the Chiefs. So he did have you know, a fourth down touchdown pass. That is yeah, we'll we'll see. But uh, you know, Jerry Judy's in some hot water. Uh, the rest of that offense, you know, has to figure it out for. Uh, at least for this week, if Russ is out. But again, you're going to have to lean on that defense against the second and possibly third string quarterback for the Cardinals. And, uh, you know, I don't I don't think the Cardinals have enough in the in the bag for that. So I'll take no. the Broncos as well. All right, both on the Broncos. Up next, we have the Pats and the Raiders. The Raiders are a one-point favorite in this game, which is surprising considering um, the, the Pats, you know, big win. But then when you kind of think about the, the context of, how they scored those points, right? Um, Mac Jones is, is continuing to struggle. Uh, the Raiders have done a good job of getting after the quarterback. Um, both of these teams can run the ball, um, and Josh Jacobs has obviously been on a tear. I, I think the Pats are going to do as much as they can to try to slow down that running game. Uh, we, we will see Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller for the first time uh, in, in at least four weeks as they both got activated off of IR. Uh, so that should help this Raiders offense move. It feels like it's been longer since we've seen uh, Darren Waller. I don't know exactly how many weeks he's missed at this point. Um, I I don't know, man. The Raiders have been such a weird up and down team. Um, obviously, the, I mean, they the, both have. Yeah, but like at least the Raiders have shown signs of like expl- like I I haven't the Ra- the Patriots have been the same team to me all year, right? The Raiders have been one of the bottom five teams, and then there's been moments where like could the Raiders make the playoffs. Right. There's a lot. The Patriots have just been like, hey, we're going to play solid defense. We're going to make a couple of plays in the passing game. Not not much. Uh, and we're going to try to run the football on you. And that's typically good enough to get you to, you know, 500, which is right around where the Pats are. Uh, I, I like the Raiders here. Minus one at home, getting those pieces back. Um, bunch of injuries. Ramondre Stevenson's banged up for the Pats. Uh, the the rookie. So Damian Harris. He's been Damian for Harris. years. Uh, yeah, it seems like. <laughs> Uh, the the rookie <laughs> cornerback for the Pats, Jack, who's been really, really good for them. He is out as well. Um, so I'm going to take the Raiders here. I, I think they find a way to get this one done. And you're getting basically, you know, an, an even pick them here. So I, I like the Raiders. Yeah, but their inability to stop the run for as proficient as they are uh, in the run game on offense, the Raiders, uh, leads me to believe that no matter who's back there for the Patriots, they're going to be able to run the ball effectively, do enough on defense. I'd take Mac Jones over Derek Carr. Uh, and That's interesting. And I would not. not I w- Derek Carr's terrible. Don't even try to. Con- he's awful. Not, what do you, what do you uh, mean? He's got Devontae Smith. Or Devontae Smith. He's got Devontae Adams. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, dude, you're, and- you're, you're off on that. I'm not saying there's a massive gap, but Derek Carr is clearly the better quarterback. Nice. He's terrible. Get him out. Maybe of if Mac Jones uh, had an offensive coordinator and didn't have Matt Patricia and Joe Judge calling. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I'm with you. But Derek um, Carr has has thrown for five thousand passing yards in the season. Like, there's just not even a comparison right now. Derek Carr is the better quarterback. 
Uh, one point on the road. I'm going to gamble uh, with the Patriots in Vegas. Give me the give me the Pats and Bill Belichick to uh, to pull out a win. All right. They're uh, they're they're five and one against uh, 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 the the road team in this one is four and one against the spread in the last five meetings, and they play each other a lot. So, all right. Well, the problem that goes back to the Tom Brady era, though. Um, all right, let's go Who's to that. Uh, the 425 games, a couple of games that like in the preseason would have sounded like amazing games, not quite as interesting here, but still some playoff implications. Titans chargers in LA, the chargers are minus three uh, right now at home. Justin Herbert starting to look better. The offense is starting to get healthier. Meanwhile, Tennessee is kind of going in the opposite direction. They're banged up all over the place. Um, Derek Henry has some crazy rushing stats this year. Um, but at the same time, the, the his normal like, – it's one of those things where it's like the numbers in some advanced numbers, like his uh, his average per carry with eight or nine guys in the box is higher than uh, Leonard Fournette's average per carry on the entire season. Like it, it just some ridiculous numbers. Um, but he's also getting hit behind the line of scrimmage more than any other player in football. Um, and so as much as I, you know, we, we've talked about the Chargers lack of run defense a lot. I, I think they are going to struggle a little bit here against, um, uh, the Chargers are going to struggle a little bit here against Tennessee, uh, in terms of just stopping the run. It's not going to be quite the same thing as trying to shut down Tua last week. You can't disguise a coverage to stop, uh, Derek Henry. You just got to load up the box and, and tell your guys to tackle. Um, but the one thing here is the Chargers, uh, if Joe Lombardi lets Justin Herbert get out of the pocket, let him run around, um, use his legs as a tool uh, to throw the football, right? Like moving him in space, letting him roll out. Um, that's when we're seeing the best versions of, of Justin Herbert. Uh, and, and the Titans secondary is really banged up. I think they're down on their third and fourth starting cornerbacks right now. Uh, I like the Chargers minus three here at home, despite the fact that one of the worst run defensive teams is going up against Derrick Henry. Yeah, it's a, it's a real good matchup for for Justin Herbert in the offense, especially getting Mike Williams back. Keenan Allen had a big game last week uh, with with over ten. I think he had 10, uh, eleven or twelve receptions last week. Uh, Austin Eckler had a good game, so the offense is starting to click, and that's that's what you want against a, a team that's played really solid defense for for the most of the year. Uh, but you know, with with like you said, all those injuries uh, for the Titans on defense, it's going to be trouble so I, I like the chargers too on offense the only problem is going to be on defense and and coaching look if, if mike Vrabel is 24 and 15 against the spread as an underdog since he took the job in 2018 four and two this year by the way uh the chargers are 23 30 and three against the spread as betting favorites since they went to la uh in including 13 and 22 and one uh, at home as as home favorites so uh the numbers tell me that the titans are going to be in this game uh this year and and the the historical data tells me that they're going to be uh, able to cover the three points in this game as well i think it's close though i think the chargers win but it's a close game i believe those two losses though come in their last two games or at least two other last three games against philly and cincinnati uh just saying just saying uh, all right, so you are on Tennessee. I am on the Chargers. Uh, we've got a few more games left here. Cincinnati at Tampa Bay. The Bengals are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road 
can Tampa Bay do anything to get themselves back in this? Or is the, is the sink, is the ship sinking at an alarming rate? Cause this would be three in a row for Tampa Bay. Well, I yeah, guess the ship is not the new Orleans game. They won, but the ship is sinking for the Buccaneers. Uh, even against, uh, the fact that they played the Niners last week, a good defense uh, and weren't able to do anything is, is it's hard to hard to determine any data from that. Right. Like nobody's played well on offense against the the Niners issue. Well, a couple of people have um, and, and have done enough, but um, so they go into this game against the Bengals who week in and week out, we've talked about how much better their defense has gotten. Trey Hendrickson uh, is, is, potentially going to have a, a club on for, for the game uh, and, and play through it. But I still think I, I, on all levels that this defense is, is going to be able to pick apart uh, the, uh, the defensive or the offensive line for, for the bucks and, uh, and the offense as a whole. Uh, and then you got Joey Burrow slinging dimes on the other side, whether it's Jamar Chase is the lone uh, number one with Tyler Boyd, uh, with a finger issue and, uh, and, and who knows what's going on with T Higgins. Um, you know, that didn't deter him last week either. And then the ability to use his legs, get the run game going with Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan, now that you have both of those guys uh, running at, at full health and full steam. So uh, I, I don't think there's a way that the the Bucks win this. And if you're the if you're the Saints, the Falcons, uh, and especially the Panthers, you're licking your chops at this game going, boys, we got a chance. Yeah. <laughs> we got a real legitimate shot. Uh, so I, I, I love the Bengals in this one by three and a half. It definitely gives you a significantly better chance if you're the Falcons or the Panthers. Uh, or I guess you could even throw in the Saints there, knowing that they're going up against Cincinnati. I do think Cincinnati wins. Uh, the, the line, uh, they're giving Tampa Bay respect every week, and I don't know if it's just Tom Brady. I don't know if it's because the public wants to bet on Tom Brady or what. Um, but uh, Cincinnati has, started, has turned into such a great football team all the way around their defensive line, the interior and exterior of their defensive line has played extremely well. The secondary Jesse Bates, one of the most under talked about players. Remember he held out of all of training camp came back in time for week one, and he's had a really good year. Um, but Dan Orlovsky pointed this out on Twitter. And I thought it was a really good point of all the teams in uh, of, of all the teams and all the offensive lines in football, um, the Bengals offensive line has played the most snaps together of any team um, this year, which when people say, you know, because obviously, look, the health is a big thing for offensive line, talent and size and athleticism is a big thing for offensive line. But a huge part of it is chemistry. It's it's getting to know each other. It's communication. Like you can say like Jason Kelsey's super uh, like undersized, but they're so good at passing off blocks to one another and the communication pre-snap and in the middle of a pass rush is elite. And, and that's because Kelsey and Lane Johnson have been playing together for 10 years. And it's also because Malata Dickerson, Kelsey, Sayamalu, I mean, Sayamalu was on the Eagles Super Bowl team, right? So the whole right side of the offensive line for the Eagles have been playing together um, for, for a while now. And then you look at the left side and it's like, yeah, Dickerson, He's he's in his second year. Malata's in his third year, really starting every down. Like this team has chemistry, and that's what you're seeing from the Bengals, which is that it's not just that they, you know, look what they were those first two weeks of the season. Look what they are now. It's night and day, and so much of that comes from chemistry and reps playing together. Uh, and it's a huge it's... reason why the Bengals have played well because 
Burrow loves navigating that pocket. And in order to do that, he needs a pocket to navigate. Uh, and, and he's done – the offensive line's done a great job of it. So Cincinnati, I think, wins this game. I think they win it um, by at least a touchdown. So I, I'm with you. I think they cover the three and a half. Um, got two more games here. Mon- or Sunday night football, Giants, Commanders, the 7-5-1 Commanders hosting the 7-5-1 Giants. Obviously a huge game. Washington is minus four and a half, um, which I guess after the ass kicking that the Eagles put on the Giants last week, that might have affected the line a little bit. I'm not sure. Uh, but that that number seems high to me, Scotty. Um, yeah, I think you're right. It, 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 I think the commanders get a, a boost because they're at home, too. So that that helps as well. Um, but they're playing good football. Don't, don't get that twisted. The commanders... Uh, the, the only issue I see them running into, uh, is this is a team that thrives on momentum. So their bye week came at the most inopportune time when they, they were starting to roll and starting to click, even though they, they hit that, that tie at the end, uh, or heading into the bye week, uh, rather to, uh, with the giants. So, um, they get a week to rest up and, uh, and prepare for the same team that they just played last. So, um, I think that's a, a bit of an advantage for the commanders. I think it being at home is an advantage for the commanders. Um, and on top of that, they're four and one against the spread as favorites this season. So four and a half at home, I'm there. Give me the commanders. Yeah, I I was all set to take Washington um, until I saw just the line. That four and a half number really scares me. Because um, I do, I think it's going to come down to a field goal. I I don't know. I mean, look, the Giants are really banged up. Um, Evan Neal is is playing. Look, he's having a rookie offensive lineman season, right? And he's struggling. Um, Andrew Thomas, who had been a really great redemption story at left tackle um, this year, has been struggling the last couple of weeks, despite the fact that statistically he still was, you know, one of the better left tackles in all of football. Um, but, you know, Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham took his lunch money last week. So um, I – I'm going to take Washington. I, I don't like it. I really hate that line. That four and a half line is just gross. Um, but I'm, I'm going to take the commanders too. That, that hook is, is going to kill me. I already know it. Um, <laughs> it's going to be like, it's going to end up being like a 30 to 26 game or something. Um, all right. And that that's leaves a lot us... of points for that game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good point. Good point. Touche. Um, all right. That leaves us with Monday night Rams Packers. Uh, another one that would have seemed like a really awesome game uh, in the preseason. Instead, it's kind of a who cares bowl on Monday night football. Um, Baker Mayfield getting some more time to prep. Uh, the Packers are seven point favorites in Lambeau this week. Um, man, you can get tickets as low as twenty six dollars. That's crazy. Well, who wants to sit in that weather with as bad as the Packers? Uh, no, I'm with you. And the Rams. 24 degrees at night in Lambeau is going to be cold. And uh, <laughs> and to watch this team, that would suck. Um, yeah, I, seven points seems like a lot. But I can also just see like, oh, Baker has the great game, right, on Thursday night. Then he gets a little bit extra time to, to catch up, learn the playbook and everything. And then comes out and just has an absolute stinker against the Packs. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm going to take Green Bay. I don't like it. That's way too many points, and I definitely shouldn't. But I'm going to take Green Bay. I think Green Bay is going to be able to run effectively, uh, especially given the weather. And on top of that, you know, no they Donald. had a week to rest. 
a week to rest up, no Aaron Donald, uh, a, a week to rest up and get that offense right. And Christian Watson is clicking right yeah. now. He is on fire and fuego as the, uh, as the Spanish speaking world says. So uh, I'm, I'm all over the Packers. I think a touchdown is, is plenty, uh, if not more than enough, uh, especially at home and at, at night in prime time. That's, that's where, uh, that's where Aaron Rodgers thrives. So uh, I'm going to take the Packers as well. All right. We're both in the pack. Um, and that will uh, do it. I have to update our standings, but um, to kind of clue everybody in here, Scotty is running away. Follow here. me, folks. Scotty has been running away here uh, this season. He's hitting at like trying to do quick math in my head, probably about a 55 to 57% clip on the season. Sharps. Um, Let's go. And that's what they, record. that's what they call me. He's he's been killing it. I don't think you've had you have not had many bad weeks. Um, myself, I had one or two really bad weeks, uh, and I've had one really good week. So it's just been one of those where it's like I haven't really had that killer week to pull me out. But uh, it looks as though Scotty's going to be our uh, our champ, barring a miraculous comeback where I go like undefeated two weeks in a row or something. Um, I, think I believe Scott, in you, Jeff. Hey, you never know, right? You never know. The next bet could always be the one that gets you there. So, all right, uh, for the boys. I'm Jeff. No veto. Shout outs to him. Man's grinding his ass off, but hopefully we'll get him back for Tuesday. Uh, Pod might be a little bit late next week. Uh, Monday is my birthday. So, uh, whoa, happy birthday. It's all right. Not important. No one needs to wish me a happy birthday. Not a big birthday guy. Don't really, not, never really been a big birthday guy. Um, I like having dinner with my family and friends and my girlfriend, stuff like that. But, you know, don't need to do much else, but I appreciate it. Um, that being said, you play golf. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, 40 degrees has never stopped me before. So we'll see. Um, but ho- either way, we'll get a pot out to you. It might be Wednesday, might be Tuesday, uh, but we're going to figure that out because uh, we've got some stuff going on on Monday. So uh, thank you all for listening. We love you all, all of our new listeners. Thank you so much for supporting us. And uh, shout out to Alliance Accounting once again, our, our awesome, awesome sponsor. So uh, for Scotty, I'm Jeff. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. And we will talk to you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. <laughs>